welcome to a very special Christmas episode of Saturday the 14th. This is Maggie. This is Maddie. And we're very excited to talk to you today about a couple of awesome Christmas horror movies. So get ready for some evil Santas, some really inappropriate Christmas cookie recipes, and the worst Christmas present your dad could ever really buy you. Yeah! Today we are talking about three different holiday movies. And we're going to talk about Krampus. We're going to talk about Gremlins. And we are going to talk about the 2006 remake of the 1973 classic, Black, Black Christmas. Christmas. So, this is a little different from a normal episode. Instead of really breaking these down too far, we're kind of just going to kick back and have a little bit of fun with it because it's three days before Christmas? It is. And while all of these movies are a lot of fun, we realize some of them have highlights that just make them stand out a little bit more than the others. So we're going to focus really on the best of today. Yeah, so we have some awards that we would like to give out. They don't mean anything, and no one is going to care about them, but we care. We care. We put a lot of time and effort into these awards, clearly. We did. We watched three whole movies. We did, in the past 12 hours. Yeah. I'm pretty proud of that fact. Yeah, we literally just finished Krampus. So this will be a fun episode. 10 minutes ago. So why don't we go ahead and start by talking about each of the movies we watched, Maggie? Yeah, that sounds good. Do you want to start with the first one that we watched? Yeah, let's talk about Gremlins. Gremlins! I think most people have probably seen this movie, right? That's true. I hadn't before last night, but I mean, I really enjoyed it. I'd seen like pictures and like little clips, but never the whole thing through. Okay, now that you've seen it, though, we have to do a Gremlins 2 night. Oh my god, yes. this doesn't really have anything to do with what we're talking about right now. Gremlins 2 is the weirdest movie I've ever seen in my entire life. It's nothing like Gremlins 1. Gremlins 1 is a little scary. Gremlins 2 is full-bore insanity. Yeah, I heard they decided to go in more comedic yeah. way with that one. It's incredible. But we'll maybe discuss that, we'll another, get to that another day. But so Gremlins came out in 1984. It did. I actually just read that this movie combined with Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom actually caused the MPAA to change their rating system. Ooh, that, in what way? So this was rated PG when it came out, and it was a little too violent really for the kids who are going to go see a PG movie, but at the same time, it's not really our rating worthy. Yeah. And so Steven Spielberg went to the MPAA and suggested like, hey, maybe you should do something about this because he got similar complaints for Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom. Huh. And so two months after this movie came out, they added the PG-13 rating. That's so cool. It's my fun fact of the day. It's the only fun fact you're going to get out of me today. That's fine. I also have very few <laughs> All I have are opinions. Yeah. But so to go into the plot of this movie we start on a busy street in what appears to be chinatown of some random city random city usa mr peltzer is following this little kid uh, down the street to his grandfather's store and he goes in because he's trying to hawk a invention of his the bathroom buddy the bathroom buddy and while he's in the store he hears these adorable noises coming from the corner and finds the soon-to-be-named Gizmo, adorable Mogwai. He's so cute. Love him. He looks like a little Yoda Furby. And he wants to buy it from the guy who runs the store, and he straight up says no. It's a lot of responsibility. You don't know what you're doing. He doesn't even say any of that. He just says no a bunch of times. It's implied. (laughs) It is implied. Like, you can tell he has a good reason, but he's literally just like, no. The guy's like, here's $200. And he's like, no. No. <laughs> also, he was right to say no. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, he knew what was going on. Yeah. So the shop owner says no. The grandson decides to go for it because the family really needs the money. Yeah. So they sell the mogwai, and the grandson gives the rules for having them. Which are? No bright light. No water. And no feeding after midnight. Never feed it after midnight. Which confuses me because, like, 
when in the morning does it then count? Like, is it after like 5 a.m., 6 a.m.? Because technically, any time the next day is after midnight. That is true. So I don't get it. Maybe it's like midnight to sunrise. They were very unclear. That would they make were. sense. Maybe this is why he didn't want to sell it. Maybe it's an incredibly difficult process even when you know the rules. Also, let's say it's midnight like in Indiana. If they take it from wherever the hell they are to like the West Coast, are they then still on Central Time or then they then on West Coast midnight time? I'm going to say that the Mogwai is like your cell phone and it automatically adjusts to whatever time zone you're in. That makes sense, I guess, kind of. Yeah. I don't know. A lot of plot holes here, guys. There are. It's it's worth it, though. So Mr. Peltzer brings home this Mogwai, and uh, we meet his son. Billy. Billy. Um, Billy works at a bank. He's in high school. He is not a very happy guy. No, he's got a dog that his boss keeps threatening to kill. Yeah, for no seeming Well, he does reason. bring the dog into work. But that the dog just sits under the desk. Yeah, he doesn't get into any mischief. Also, it's pretty well established that his boss is a the, bad person. The worst person. <laughs> she is terrible. So, Anyway, um, Mr. Peltzer gives his son Billy the Mogwai, who quickly gets named Gizmo. Yeah. And on the first night, he accidentally gets some water on him and starts to multiply. Yeah. And pops little, out little, like, five pods new ones. Pop out of him, yeah. The next day, they're all getting into trouble. There's one that has a mohawk named Stripe. Stripe is the champion. I love Stripe. Stripe is pretty legit. He's like the villain of the movie, I he would is. say. That night... The gremlins chew through the cords of the alarm clock. Yeah. And so it stops at like 11.10. And then a little after midnight, they start asking Billy for food. And he looks at his clock. And he's like, oh, it's before midnight. It's fine. And he feeds them. And they all start to cocoon. Yeah. And at the same time, he's also brought one of them over to his uh, science teacher at the he's high school. He's doing like weird experiments on it. Yeah. Like shoots a syringe full of something into it. Does a blood test. Yeah. And like it comes out all weird and orange. And that guy, he accidentally gives him a candy bar, right? You no, know, he leaves a sandwich oh, next right, to right, the cage. Right. And then the gremlin like, or the mogwai reaches out, grabs the sandwich, nibbles eats on it. it. <laughs> yeah. Cause the, the, so the, the mogwai offspring are bad. Yes. Like, kind of from the jump. They're, like, Yeah, because Gizmo's, like, super solid. The others are kind of mean. They end up, like, roping the dog up in Christmas lights at some point, yeah. which is so sad. They hang him up outside. In the snow. Yeah. He's okay, though. He doesn't get hurt. He doesn't He's die fine, or anything like that. He's fine, but they it's just not in. very nice. They're no. very mischievous little guys, except for Gizmo. Gizmo's the best. Yeah. So the next day, um, the cocoons start to hatch, and gremlins come out. Yep. They're like the Mogwai, except they're scaly reptilian things, and they have no fur except for stripe who still's got his mohawk he does um so i realized we're gonna have to go through these uh summaries a little quicker than we normally do since there are three so just to break it down for you uh shit gets real wild yeah there's like <laughs> a weird party scene for the gremlins they start oh, to take man. over the town it's incredible and then they end up deciding you know what it's time for a break let's go watch a movie yeah so they go over to see um snow white and the seven dwarves yep and they the love this cartoon. They go a little crazy. At this point, they've already killed the teacher. Yeah, they've um, done a lot of bad they've things. They've killed the local drunk. They've absolutely destroyed the town. Oh, yeah, they're just causing property damage everywhere they go. But um, Billy and his love interest... Phoebe Cates, who Phoebe has Cates. another name, but who cares? Whose dad died in a tragic Christmas accident oh my when he God. pretended to be Santa and slid down their chimney and yeah, broke his neck and died. There's this really dramatic scene where she's like, he went out 
and he never came home. And I found the smell and we thought a raccoon had entered our chimney and nope, it was dad. Yeah. He died getting stuck in the chimney dressed that, as Santa. Yeah. That scene is really weird because it's like sad, but also the concept is like a well-known urban legend. So it's like a little funny. It's also like out of nowhere. It fits in with none of the rest of the movie. Anyway, they go to the movie theater, see all the gremlins in it, decide to set the movie theater on fire. And it goes pretty well. Yeah, they kill most of them. Spike does get out and he goes into a... Stripe. Yeah, I get that wrong every time. So Stripe does get out because he sees some candy bars across the street that he really wants. Yeah. He I actually have a lot in common with Stripe. Yeah. Well, for one thing, um, I was created when another version of me got wet. And you have a sick white mohawk. I do. So Stripe sees that all of his comrades are dead and decides that he is going to make more of these little gremlins. And so he like goes into the store, finds a fountain, is trying to jump in. Yeah. And then Gizmo to the rescue, who comes in, like opens a shutter to like blind him with light and sunlight kills these guys. And so he ends up killing him. Yeah. So basically they clear out all of the gremlins. Things are still kind of a mess though. And the guy who ran the shop finds out about everything. He's super mad. He goes over to their house and is like, hey, give me that gremlin back. You really messed this up. You're not responsible to do this. But then Gizmo really wants to say goodbye to Billy. And so he lets him. He's like, well, maybe, maybe you'll be responsible enough one day for one of these guys. Yeah. And that's the end. Spoiler alert, he gets him back in the next movie. So Yeah, I figured as much. I mean, obviously this is a really quick synopsis, but we want to be able to get through all five. We want to be able to get through all three movies. We want to be able to get through all 17 movies that we're going to talk about for you guys. Watch so many movies. They're all Christmas. They're all bad. This is what happens when we record an episode after. Spiked hot chocolate. Spiked hot chocolate. Yeah, which is very fitting considering, you know, they were drinking spiked hot chocolate in the next movie we're going to talk about. Which is the movie Krampus. Yeah. The aunt in Krampus is all about the hot chocolate spiked with a little bit of peppermint schnapps. I don't know if it's a little bit. It might be a little bit more. I think it might be some peppermint schnapps spiked with a little bit of hot chocolate. You you might be right there. (laughs) Well, we decided to join with the hot chocolate with a little bit of peppermint schnapps. We did, and it was really good. Yeah, I see why she makes that decision. It was smart. It was smart. I'm going to have to train when I have nieces and nephews someday i'm gonna have to train them to make me peppermint schnapps anyway krampus was released in 2015 around christmas time appropriately. it was yeah close to christmas uh it stars adam scott tony collette and david keckner who you probably recognize from anchorman um he's like the redneck uncle in this movie yeah he's the one with a uh, sex panther yeah 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 60 percent of the time works every time yep Beautiful. So this movie is all about this super unhappy family yeah. who they don't want to be around each other for Christmas. So I don't know why they're doing this. Adam Scott and Tony Clatter married. They have two kids. One of them's name is Max. He's precious. The He's other a- one's name is Beth. She's not as important. She's fine. She's only in like a third of the movie anyway. Yeah, she disappears fairly I kept thinking she was going to come back. She didn't. She doesn't. Well, she kind of does. Um, their son Max really wants to be in the Christmas spirit. Uh, he wants to watch Charlie Brown and rap presents and everybody else is too busy for him. Everyone hates him. I don't know. If that, that's a little strong. <laughs> he apparently has recently acted out and so they're like not really going. Yeah, he just got in trouble from like punching some kid and getting in a fight at school. He's like icing his face. Yeah. I like his spirit. He seems fun. He, he does. For a 12 year old. <laughs> anyway, Tony Collette's sister, Linda, and her husband, Howard, who is David Koechner, um, and they're four kids are coming into town to celebrate Christmas. They have so many kids. They do. They have two little girls. They have one weird boy and then a baby girl. Yeah. And the, there are two girls who are very like tomboy-esque. Um, 
it's talking about how the dad really wanted boys, and so he tried to turn these two girls into boys as Their much as they can. names are Jordan and Stevie, and yes, he teaches them wrestling moves. And honestly, if they weren't being, like, like encouraged to act more masculine, they'd be pretty rad, you know? Like, yeah. if it was their own volition. If they weren't actively, like, jerks to They're also kind Matt, of jerks. They get better, though, at the end. Because I actually like a lot of what they stand for. I don't like how they treat Max. Yeah, but, I mean, every kid is a jerk when they're, like, 13 years That's old. That's true. And then there's Howie. There's who, Howie, who's this weird little quiet child. Who just likes to sit in the corner and eat a lot. That is his main purpose in this movie. Like, everyone's fighting over dinner, and he's sitting in the corner, chowing down on an entire Cornish game hen. Honestly, I really respect Howie's style. Um, I think it's best to avoid confrontation and just focus on your own personal game hen. Yeah, it doesn't seem like he was actually doing it out of self-preservation. It seemed like he just didn't quite know what was going on the entire time. I mean, listen, focus on what's important to you. That's true. But then the true star of this movie is the tiny baby who's constantly bundled up. But she has this really cute like onesie that looks so warm. And she does she look looks like super cozy. She looks like a starfish. She kind of does look like a starfish. So that whole family comes to visit, and they bring an unexpected guest in the yeah, form they bring... of one of the aunts. Yeah, one of the aunts. Um... So Max gets upset at all the fighting. He writes a letter to Santa saying he wishes it could all just go back to how it was before. And there's a windstorm, it goes outside, and then shit starts going down. And also, another important family member here is their uh, German grandmother, oh, who I is Adam Scott's mom, mm-hmm. um, who is sweet and super mysterious and refuses to speak English, even though it is later shown that she can speak English. She just doesn't feel like it. Everyone else seems to pretty much understand German, though, so she is doing okay yeah and she gets like weird and talks about how like christmas is she doesn't believe in santa she believes in uh something darker that's you know about uh sacrifice and stuff like that she just like stares off into the distance a couple times then has to cover for it because everyone's like what are you doing something's kind of weird with grandma but anyway, at some point, Beth, the girl we mentioned earlier, sneaks out of this family shit show right. in order to go visit her boyfriend who lives four blocks away. And she sees this giant horned thing jumping from rooftop to rooftop. Yeah. So basically, there's been a blizzard that knocked out all the power. She goes out to see what's going on. She's the giant horned thing, hides under a car. And gets attacked by an evil jack-in-the-box. Yeah. And then um, the rest of the family tries to go out and look for her. Um, Adam, Adam Scott, Scott and the uh, uncle. Howard go out to look for her. Howard gets bitten by something and, like, dragged into the snow. Yeah. But they get him back safe. He's okay. The rest of the family kind of holds up. At some point, there's a chain that goes down the chimney, and there's a gingerbread man on it who's kind of, like, dancing and rattling. I thought he was trying to attract the baby. Yeah. But then Howie wakes up, and he's like, oh, man, something to eat because, you know, he That's loves his food. Howie's main prerogative. And he goes for it. And then it turns out it's evil. And it tries to drag him up the chimney. There's a sequence where everyone's trying to get him back down. And the gingerbread man turns evil and starts attacking Tony Collette. He gets taken away. Gets they all get up. down safely. Um, but then Howie there gets are taken noises away. in the attic. They go up to the attic. There's this great jump scare of the jack-in-the-box again. Yeah. He, like, like eats eating. a bunch of people. Yeah. And then turns into, like, this creepy clown Santa. There's, like, a weird angel toy thing that's, like, half harpy and starts trying to kill people. Yeah. There's so basically all these, like, Christmas themed objects are attacking the family most of the family dies here and then you end up hearing this like jingling outside and the grandmother just goes oh no 
elves and like a bunch of creepy like <laughs> tiny people in like these masks come in and attack like yeah. them they end up stealing the baby killing more of the family eventually the grandma locks herself in the house um she gets the rest of the family out and she locks herself like in the house because when she was a kid uh this is told through a flashback animation sequence which is really, really odd because all the movie is not animated and then all of a sudden it's like here's a flashback it's now a disney pixar movie yeah. but darker so it's like her talking about when she was a kid in germany um and how she didn't like how Christmas was going. And so she like asked Santa to take her family away and Krampus showed up and took her family away and left her behind. And so she decides to have like a stare down with Krampus to try and save her family. She has a stare down with Krampus. He wins. Yeah. She loses. It goes after her family. Yeah. Adam Scott and Tony Collette stick the kids that are left, which I believe are Stevie and Yeah. I think it's the only ones left at that point. And they stick the kids in the snowplow, which is where they're all going, and they end up both dying. Krampus comes in and rips Stevie out of the snowplow after Max tries to turn it on and fails because it's, like, cold and won't start. And so Max goes after them, tries to reason with Krampus, stares in his eyes, is like, I'm sorry, I just wanted to go back. Like, I wish this had never happened. Give me back my family. And, like, yeah, he's like, I wish bell. Christmas would be how it is or how it used to be. And he chucks the bell into, like, this fire pit and there's, like, crazy reindeer. And then Krampus just, like, laughs and throws everyone in the fire pit. Yeah. And, and then, then they wake up. Um, Max wakes up and he's like, oh, man, it's so pretty outside now. And there's this beautiful soft light going on. A little bit of a Gaussian blur effect. And at this point, we were all kind of like, what is happening? I was really angry because we talked about in the witch episode that we hate it when it ends like this. So I got irrationally angry. And Maggie said, no, just keep watching. Yeah, because I've only seen like the last quarter of this movie. And this was the first time I'd seen this one as well. Yeah. We see everybody opening their presents and everyone's having a really good time. And Max opens a gift and it's the bell that Krampus had Krampus had given him. And it still says, like, Krampus's name on it and everything. And um, everyone starts looking at each other all freaked out, and they kind of all remember dying at yeah, this point. Yeah, and, and they it, all, like, remember, like, flashbacks. And it starts to zoom out, and it turns out that they are all now living inside of a snow globe in Krampus's hut. And that's the end of it. Yeah. He got his wish, and it was terrible. That was movie two. Um, and what was the last movie we watched, The Maggie? last movie. Okay. I'm going to be real with you. This is my favorite <laughs> of these movies. And I thought that it was going to be bad, because so far... Oh, I'm going to get in trouble for this. My boyfriend makes bad movie recommendations, and he does it a lot. He made me watch the movie Yoga Hosers with him once, and I got to tell you, that is unbelievably terrible. So he was like, we have to watch Black Christmas. So this time, we were a little hesitant, but it ended up being a hell of a good time. Oh my god, this is like the ideal sorority Christmas slasher. So it's a remake of a 1973? Yeah, three movie. And apparently the woman who plays the house mother was one of the actresses from the original. Oh, very nice. Which I respect. She's also the mom on Difficult People. Okay. And she's very funny on that show. So it starts in the sorority, and they are getting ready for Christmas. We see Claire. Yeah, and she's writing a christmas note to her sister who's gonna be picking her up and she gets murdered yeah so somebody like sneaks up from behind and wraps a bag around her head and kills her yep very clean murders i don't know if it's like save the amount of blood yeah and they get a little wilder later but at the beginning it's fairly tidy yeah and so the three sisters are trying to be like where's claire and they go up and she's not there and like oh she must have left already yeah and then we go to a mental hospital uh in the town where we see the guy going around giving everybody their Christmas food. Um, <laughs> I love the scene where they're opening up all the do- all the little doors, and they're like, ha- uh, you know, like here it's from your family at whatever this place is called. Uh, and they get to one, and they just open it up, and there's this guy who looks like Jesus inside, and the guy's just like, "Happy, Happy birthday. birthday!" He's like, 
thanks. And then they just go on to the next one. I loved that. I thought that was oh, so Oh, that was funny. fantastic. So yeah, you're going so... through and you meet one of the people who is in the insane asylum. You find out that he murdered his entire family on Christmas. On Christmas. And apparently it was super gory and they're all like very creeped out by him. But they're walking around and there's like this like trick scene. Yeah, you like think that that guy's escaped and he's like wearing a like a Santa costume. But the or guy whatever. wearing the Santa costume is a very nice it's guy. It's just like a nice Santa who's like there to like hook up with his like candy striper girlfriend or whatever. Yeah. So we go back to the sorority house. Yeah, and they're talking about how the house that they live in right now is the same one that that guy murdered his family in. And we see one of the girls um, and her boyfriend, Kelly, and her terrible boyfriend. What is his name? I don't even remember what his name is. He's the worst. He's not important. It's Oliver Hudson, who is Kate Hudson's brother, but his character, he's a nightmare person. Um, And he is fooling around on her with one of her sorority sisters who is watching like homemade porn of the two of them yeah it's clear i don't that know if she knew that i that think was going she out. knew i don't think she knew it was gonna like end up on youtube or whatever yeah. it's a fake version of youtube in this movie is and she clearly feels really weird about it like she doesn't want to go hang out with the rest of her sorority sisters she feels uncomfortable with it and then at the end she hears like a noise in the attic and goes up to investigate and then obviously they never see her again yeah that happens a lot in this movie murdered. um there's one girl who's just getting drunk the entire time and ends up puking everywhere and it seems like she's been poisoned at first and nope it just turns out she drank too much <laughs> she does a shot of tequila while she has a glass of red wine in the other hand she's a champ i found out later on in the movie you find out that her family is from boston and it made me happy and angry at the same time <laughs> another quick note about the casting decisions in this movie holy shit this it, has got a great cast oh my god it stars gretchen wieners uh lacey chabert is her real name okay. but it's gretchen wieners it's gretchen wieners um black canary from arrow uh katie cassidy is her real name it's david cassidy's daughter oh i didn't know that yeah it has michelle trachtenberg also dawn summers and buffy and uh georgina from gossip girl yeah she is yes she is a very different character in the books she's harry the spy she is harry the spy spy. she's in a lot of things and then in addition and finally is mary elizabeth winstead also known as Ramona Flowers. Ramona Flowers. And there's another one, isn't there? Wasn't she like that Abraham Lincoln's wife in some Lincoln movie? I do not Maybe know. Maybe the movie Lincoln? No, she... Yeah, she did not play Abraham Lincoln's like 50-year-old wife in the movie Lincoln. She might have made... Are you thinking Abraham Lincoln Vampire Hunter? No, I'm not. I'm gonna look this up real quick. Time to do she, a I'm Google. pretty sure she did play... Abraham Lincoln Vampire <laughs> Hunter. Boom! I was right. <laughs> I was wrong. <laughs> She did play. I get, personally, I get the movie Lincoln and Abraham Lincoln Vampire Slayer confused all the time, so I totally understand you. I haven't seen either of them, to be fair. I just, I thought she, like, was it an Oscar-worthy role about Abraham no. Lincoln? She is unbelievable in 10 Cloverfield Lane, though. She was She's really super, good. super, right. super good in that movie. So going back to this movie, basically, the sisters start getting killed one by one, and during this time, you get this really gross backstory for... Billy, who, who has since escaped from jail by candy cane shiving one Yeah, of the he was like sucking on a candy cane until it got all sharp as like all kids do. And then the guard's like looking in on him and he leaves for a second and he looks in again and he's gone. So the guard goes in and he comes out from underneath the bed and stabs him with this sharp candy cane. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He basically tricks him into thinking that he's burrowed out. And then yeah. I think he still escapes through that hole. Because um, he like burrows a hole down yeah, no, after his, right. like behind his toilet. Um, and so he gets out and he goes back home. And so these girls, like, as people start disappearing, they start getting phone calls from their cells with really creepy messages that are all like, you're my family now. Yeah, that's like the creepy catchphrase for this family. So we learn from Oliver Hudson the backstory of the family, which is that 
um, the the son Billy was born with some weird liver disease, so he's super jaundiced. His skin is yellow. I don't know why because he's it's never a plot orange. point. It is never a plot point. Like it does not come up. I think it's just so that it's obvious that it's Billy when yeah. we meet him. So then his mom hates his father. His father seems like an okay guy. He's, yeah, and he hates. She hates Billy. She because also hates Billy. He reminds her of the father. Yeah. And so she goes up, straight up murders the father. Billy sees it and, like, locks himself in the attic. Yeah. And then she gets a new husband. Yeah. And she's, she's like, trying, trying to conceive, like, a new kid because she doesn't like Billy. But he keeps, like, passing out drunk during sex. And yeah. so she goes and Oof. rapes her son. It's so fucking it's gross. It's so gross. It's really disgusting. And they have a baby. Well, she has a baby by him yeah um, named agnes named who's agnes. a pretty like normal little girl and as she far treats as we can her see. so much better than she treats her son yeah like at some point she had told billy in an earlier scene that santa had been shot down by the russians santa brings little agnes gifts yeah so it's obviously not like an even household and billy is super jealous of agnes yeah he's like watching through the walls which is like a really big theme throughout this entire thing yeah he keeps hiding in the walls in this movie and like you can see like his his weird jaundiced eyeball yeah it's just like these shots of his eye peeking through like cracks it's really creepy it's really creepy he's a creepy dude so he makes these noises to like lure his mom upstairs yeah and it's christmas day and agnes is downstairs by the tree and she thinks it's santa yeah it's not. No. So his mom goes upstairs to see what's going on. He sneaks back downstairs, and you just hear Agnes screaming. Yeah, and he, like, starts to take Agnes, and then, like, goes in and steals one of her eyes, like, yeah, rips he, like, it, out, rips of it out of her head. Yeah. And then he eats it. He does. It's uh, messed up. And then he ends up killing his mom. Yeah, he kills his mom. Oh, gosh. This scene. He kills his mom. He beats her head in with a rolling pin. And then he uses an angel cookie cutter to cut cookies out of her skin and then and he flesh. bakes them and is eating them when the cops come in to arrest him. Yeah. So he's a messed up dude. Um, he obviously goes to a mental hospital. Um, his sister goes to a um, orphanage. An orphanage. No yeah. one wants to deal with that baggage in a foster oh, no. home is what they say pretty much. Um, and she's missing an eye. She's all scarred up. Things are bad. He's clearly escaped and some bad shit is going down at the sorority house. Um, people are dying left and right. Uh, the sorority mom gets impaled by uh, an icicle. One of the sorority sisters, older sister, who is a legacy, shows up to like pick her up for Christmas and yeah. she ends up getting murdered at some point. Yeah, the drunk girl, she's like the last one though to get murdered. One of the last ones. The drunk girl gets her eyes ripped out. Um, for a while he's hiding underneath the porch and so one of the girls goes to look and or like the killer is hiding underneath the porch. All this jazz happens. Eventually they end up in the attic and they find this Christmas tree which has all the eyeballs that have been picked out of the heads hanging on this tree as ornaments. Yeah, so basically what's happened is that Agnes um, has... Returned somehow. Returned, come back, um, and she's on her brother-dad's side now. Yeah, Agnes, now played by a man in a really bad wig, which is odd because there's no sign of it. Like, she was just, like, a very, like... She looks feminine average, as a child. She's she a very average-looking like, little girl. Yeah, and they literally just hired, like, a cinematographer. Like, he's not even an actor. They just got, like, a focus puller to play her part. It's a really confusing scene because... It makes no sense. It looks like maybe it's supposed to be... Um, 
Billy, but like with his hair grown out or but something nope, like that. No, but it's actually Agnes. And then also her fake eye is the same exact color as Billy's eye. It is. It's and a weird choice. A then Billy choices. shows back up. They join in the fight. Um, so they've got all these sorority sisters sitting around the eyeball Christmas tree with their eyes ripped out. Um, one of the sisters who we only see for about two minutes in the entire movie, her head is the tree the topper. Christmas topper. It's messed up. So eventually the uh, the last girl who's played by Katie Cassidy and the sister of the other girl light the house on fire. Basically, they trap yeah, they Agnes tra- and Billy in like the laundry room and then light the entire house on fire. Yeah. And so they're assumed to be dead. Yeah. We next see them in some body bags with some... Uh, Morgue workers who yeah, are, you know, like a chowing down. There. Yeah, they're always eating in that morgue. Morgue people movies. are always eating. All the time. Um, so they're there in the morgue. He goes to unzip one of them. Because he hears something. He's like, oh, what's that? Like, the first one, he uh, like unzips Agnes. She still seems to be dead. And he yeah. hears something again. He opens it up. And then Billy, like, pops out of this body bag. Because clearly these guys were not doing their work to check these no, people were actually dead or not. they're obviously still alive. They're not even comatose. They're just hanging out. Yeah. They're, they're like, barely burnt. Bad at their jobs. Yeah. So he kills the guy. Agnes jumps out of her bag. There's this really bad excuse for why Katie Cassidy gets locked in her hospital room. Because, like, like, the door door sticks. Um, While they're in the hospital, they kill the sister of Mm -hmm. the other sorority sister. And so uh, Katie Cassidy finds her body. And then, oh, gosh. And it's in, like, the light in the hotel or the hospital room so the light starts filling oh you're blood, right oh i forgot and then about it, like, that collapses right with her body in it, it does yeah i kind of fell asleep for part of that <laughs> it I was will be honest it was our second we watched gremlins first and then this one second yeah so she finds the body she chases or she is chased by billy and eventually ends up shoving him over the side of a railing where he is impaled on the christmas tree below yep and agnes also dies but i don't remember how this was actually one of my favorite scenes oh, the yeah, entire thing agnes had attacked Katie Cassidy in the hospital room, but she was prepared and she had amped up a defibrillator. And then when Agnes burst in, she put the defibrillator paddles on Agnes's face to kill her. Yeah. And so she dies. And then Billy gets pushed over the thing and um, that's he's impaled on a Christmas tree. And that's the end of the movie. Everyone's dead except for Katie Cassidy. Yeah. All right. Cool. So, with those three movies in mind, rather than doing the traditional tropes that we like to do, instead, we're going to give out some holiday awards. These are the 2017 Saturday the 14th Christmas Awards. So, what is the first category we've got, Maggie? Our first category today is Best Use of a Christmas Carol, and the nominees are... Do You Hear What I Hear in Gremlins? In which the mother of the family is like investigating a noise she heard in the attic and then all of a sudden the song Do You Hear What I Hear starts playing. Very appropriate considering she was investigating a noise. And she goes downstairs to find all the gremlins yep. and then super murders them and it's So the second nominee is the Sugar Plum Waltz in Black Christmas. This is actually a uh, kind of a motif throughout the movie. Oh. It is uh, Kelly, Katie Cassidy's ringtone. It is just played a lot in the movie. It shows up a lot. Yeah, since it's her ringtone, basically anytime anyone tries to call her, like anytime the killer calls on somebody's cell phone, she hears it. They also have a lot of other Nutcracker music, but the Dance of the Sugar Plum Fairy is clearly the most prominent piece. Shows up the most. Um, our third contender is Up on the Housetop mm-hmm. from Krampus. Also appropriate because it starts playing as soon as they start hearing the hooves on the rooftop when Krampus first comes to visit the house. Yeah. So, um, and it's when the the grandmother decides that she's going to give herself over to Krampus to save, yeah. try to save the rest of the family. So for this one, the winner is. Do you hear what I hear from, from Gremlins? Gremlins. It's a great scene. Yeah. Very good. 
All right, our next category is best jump scare. In which case, in Gremlins, we have the gremlin that's inside of the Christmas tree who then pops out and attacks them. Uh, we also have the candy shiv stabbing in Black Christmas, where the guard goes into the cell and uh, Billy hops out from under the bed and stabs him in the neck with a candy shiv. And then finally, we have the jack-in-the-box in Krampus. Um, in this particular case, we were thinking the under-the-car scene in which little Beth is hiding in the car and then just starts hearing Silent Night behind her and sees this jack-in-the-box that, like, ends up popping out and killing her yeah. slowly. It's like a it's, a, it's a jump scene, but it's like a very slow jump it's scene. Like, a scare, like it's tense. And then when the funny thing is that when the jump actually happens and the Jack in the box opens, you don't see anything at first. That's true. Which makes it a really interesting, like mm-hmm. use of the jump scare. Cause you're like, Oh shit. But then it's nothing. So in this case, I think we have to go with a uh, black Christmas as the winner. That candy shift stabbing, man. It was really clever it's and it great. was fun. And he does like the, the fake out with the, the secret burrow. Yeah. It's beautiful. So next up in our Christmas awards, we have Best Christmas Spirit for the character who best really embodies the spirit of Christmas. So first we have Kelly from Black Christmas with With her ringtones and her presents. So then we have Phoebe Cates' dead Santa dad from Gremlins, the one who dressed up as Santa and went down the chimney and died because of it. Also, Billy has a pretty good um, holiday spirit, but he didn't dress up like Santa to jump down his family's Christmas. Uh, down his family's chimney. And then finally we have Max from Krampus, who his Christmas spirit causes his entire family to die. So I I think I'd have to go with that one. He's just such a sweet boy. He just wants everyone to stop fighting. Yeah. And and I love him. And he reads like a, or he has a sad letter to Santa that his cousins read and make fun of him for. And then his whole family dies because of it. Yeah. It's upsetting. So we're going to give this one to Max. Max from Krampus for killing his whole family. Okie doke, and our next award is for Most Dysfunctional Family Relationship. The first nominee being Mr. and Mrs. Peltzer from Gremlins. They're a pretty mild case, but... They are, but there's a lot of lying going on in the relationship. That's true. She has to lie to him to help his ego about his terrible inventions all the time. Because if she didn't lie to him, he'd break down the marriage would fail. That's true. So a little dysfunctional. Pretty dysfunctional. Next up is the Lenz family. Little more dysfunctional. Mother yeah. killed the father. Mother raped the mother son. Mother raped the son. Son had a baby with the mom. Baby and son teamed up to kill an entire family full of sororities after the son killed the mom. I would argue that's pretty dysfunctional. Fairly dysfunctional. And the next one is Sarah's entire extended family yeah, from Krampus. The entire family in Krampus is just a problem. Adam Scott and Tony Collette kind of have their shit together. Yeah, but But not when it comes to their, like, not when it comes to their relationships with the extended family. Oh, that's true. No, they're a mess. Like, she openly hates her sister, and yeah, he doesn't like Howard, and Beth is yelling about, like, why would I want to share a bed with a girl who stands peeing up? Yeah. (laughs) I think you meant pee standing up, but I like that so much that I want to leave it in. (laughs) I did mean pee standing up. (laughs) Uh, in our defense, we are recording this episode or this part of the episode post Christmas party, so you get what you get. You know. Whoops. All right. So, what do we think is winning for this? It's a clear cut winner, right? Definitely. It's the lenses. It's the lenses. You don't get worse than the lenses. It does not. It doesn't. All right. Next one is best Christmas gag. Uh, for that one, we have the caroling gremlins from Gremlins, which was pretty excellent. It was great. I mean, you go outside. There's the gremlins. They're singing. They attack you. Yep. That's pretty much it. Simple to the point. Anyway. A strong contender. Second one is uh, the Christmas cookies from Black Christmas. Yeah. The the skin Christmas cookies, which were nice and crisp. I heard them referred to as Skingerbread Men. Skingerbread. Oh, my God. On the internet, which I really like. 
I mean, it's it's the most disturbing scene. Like, um, my boyfriend and his brother apparently used to watch this movie together, and if Greg says um, human cookies, Tim, like, loses it completely. So it has apparently quite a lasting effect. So strong, strong contender. It's pretty I messed agree. up. Uh, and then our final one is the evil reindeer from Krampus. Oh, they're so cool. They're like these giant evil goat things, but they're all like lined up like reindeer. I love those guys. They're pretty cool. But I mean, I think we know who we need to give it the to. The Skingerbread Men. It's the Skingerbread Men for sure. Oh my God. I think that name is what like clinches it. <laughs> I think what clinches it is that he cuts angel cookies out of his mother's back and then eats them. But and that doesn't hurt. Different strokes, you know. So next is the goddammit award. And I like to phrase that as you're like, just goddamn it, character, why are you doing this? <laughs> Our first contender is when um, the police in Gremlins watch a man being attacked by a gremlin roll up their windows and drive away. Yeah, that's pretty bad. Like, goddammit, police, what are you doing? God damn it. Uh, our next one is in Black Christmas. Um, whoever apparently doesn't check the pulses yeah. or any vital signs. God on damn it, morgue, work, morgue workers! What are you doing? God damn what it! What is your job? That's how you get Lee killed. God damn it! God damn it! Uh, and the last one is leaving home to put your underage kids in a car they can't drive. From God Krampus. damn it, Adam Scott! You literally brought everyone out into the snow to put them into a car that, one, no one knows how to drive because you have a hybrid, not a stick shift, Mm -hmm. and two, won't even run because it's like negative 20 degrees outside. God damn it. God damn it. But that said, fear reactions make a little bit of sense. Yeah. You know, you're not always thinking super clearly. That's not true. checking the corpse of a known serial killer. Yeah, that probably wins the goddammit award. I think that wins the goddammit award. It's going to go to inadequate pulse checking from Black Christmas. Yeah, what's next, Maggie? Next, we have most confusing scene. Yeah, there's a lot of confusing things that happen in these movies. Number one is the Gremlin Rave from Gremlins. Yeah, That's our first contender. they take over a bar. There's a weird flash dance scene where like this Gremlin's wearing leg warmers and stuff. It's like a Jane Fonda style Gremlin. It's so weird. Very confusing. There's a lot of dancing, a lot of weird humor that wasn't really there before. So after that, I have to go with Agnes for Black Christmas. Yes. Okay. Here's the thing about Agnes. For the first two scenes that she's in, she's presented as a uh, feminine-looking young girl with dark hair. In the last scene that she's in, she's portrayed by... He's like um, a middle-aged man wearing a blonde wig, and she's supposed to be a 24-year-old girl because yeah. she was born in 1982. And he's like in his 50s. And the movie takes place in 2006, so a 24-year-old girl played by a 50-year-old man in a blonde wig And is she's very... been a brunette up until this point. I and also her eyes nothing. look the same as her brother's eyes. Yeah, this was just a bad decision. It's a weird... Tra- it doesn't make any sense. It makes it very confusing to try to figure out who she is. It does. That's our contender for most confusing scene from Black Christmas. And then for Krampus, there aren't that many confusing scenes. But there is that weird animated sequence when Omi is talking yeah, about her child. When it just becomes a Pixar movie for like 10 minutes. Which I, I mean, I liked it, but it just didn't really make a lot of sense. There are a lot of things in this movie that didn't really tie together. I think we could also probably nominate some other stuff, uh, like the, the gingerbread men stuff. Um, you there's could, some tone issues I with do, Krampus. however, believe that the weird Pixar movie in the middle is the most confusing piece of the whole thing. It is. But overall, I would say that the Gremlin Rave is oh, the most 
most confusing scene Gremlins of these horror movies. Definitely win. Next one is the best defensive play, which is uh, I would say the proudest moment that we have, where a character oh, yeah. really does something right on screen. They actually defend themselves in like a really rewarding way. First one up is Mrs. Peltzer with the Gremlin Blender, which is a hard combination of words to say. It's an excellent scene where a gremlin is trying to attack her from and like surprises her from the inside of a blender and she just turns it on. Yeah. She like kills like five gremlins in the kitchen. She oh my god, she sticks one in the microwave and turns it yeah. on and it melts. It's amazing. Great job, Mrs. Belter. I'm saying gremlin blender is what we're gonna call it, but that whole gremlin kitchen scene was really it's a knockout. Really she impressive. Did fantastic work. Second up is gonna be the defibrillator scene from Black Christmas. Where Kelly takes the defibrillators in the uh uh, hospital room and zaps Agnes right in the head with them. It's so well done. It's like, as really... soon as we saw her starting to charge the defibrillators, we both started cheering for yeah, her. Yeah, because it's like, yeah, you, that's what you do. You look around at your surroundings, you figure out what's going to shock the What crap can I use in this lady. small room that I'm trapped in? Yeah. And she did a great job. She did. She really did. I mean, she really pulled through. So, who do we have from Krampus? From Krampus, we have Aunt Linda, um, who takes out one of the teddy bears by taking an icicle and stabbing it right through its eye. So, I call that the icicle. Yeah, there's a lot of green goo that came out of that deadly teddy bear. Yeah, I mean, it's right when she's realized that her kids are in trouble and she really goes full mama bear and just stabs the crap out of that thing. It was just impressive. I was really impressed. And she's kind of been like a... You know, she's gotten a lot of crap from people up until this point for having kind of like weird tomboy daughters and uh, just the worst husband in the world. But I was proud to see her come through and, and stand up for her kids. So, who gets this award then? I gotta say, I'm gonna give this one to Mrs. Peltzer for her gremlin blender attack. That was really impressive. I agree, she deserves it. I personally don't think that enough attention goes to the unsung heroes that are middle-aged mothers in horror movies, because they put up with a lot of garbage. They do, and usually they have a lot of experience dealing with bullshit from their kids. Yeah. So, like, dealing with bullshit from an evil little, like, goblin guy. Mrs. Peltzer's like, I have this son, I got this dumb husband... She's dealt deal with, with adolescence. Like, if she can deal with adolescence, she can deal with a little, like, lizard running around her kitchen. It's true. It's true. All right. And that brings us to our final category. Our last category. Uh, which is the best overall incorporation of the Christmas theme. And obviously, this is just all three movies are nominated. Yeah. This. It makes a lot of sense. Like, in Gremlins, you have it's a Christmas present. There's a lot of really fantastic carols, but there's also a lot of mischief. Yeah. Which usually isn't something you associate with Christmas, but there's some great themes. It's very snowy outside. It's true. In Black Christmas, um, obviously there's a strong Christmas theme. There's a lot of Christmas gags. There's and Christmas is important uh, to the, the murderer in the plot. There are a lot of people impaled by Christmas trees. Or body parts used as Christmas tree ornaments. There is a strong Christmas theme in that one. Pretty gross, but very, like, thematic. Yeah, it's a strong contender. And the last one is Krampus, which is literally a messed up Santa, like it's an evil Santa. Every single piece of the legend of Santa, in the sense you got the reindeer, you have Santa, you have the elves, you have the toys, but if they were evil. And I think that for that reason, it uh, definitely just because deserves... every single aspect of Christmas has been sort of messed up in this movie, best overall Christmas theme goes to Krampus. So overall, I think it's a really good set of movies. If you're looking for a holiday horror film... Any of these will do. That's true. I think if you were looking to watch with the family, go for Gremlins. If you're looking to be really grossed out, go for Black Christmas. I love Black Christmas, man. If you I want love it. Somewhere between the two, that's where Krampus, Krampus comes if in. If you want some hot Adam Scott. Not sure if that's the word I'd use, but he's like cute. I still have such a soft Got spot for Adam Scott from Parks and Rec. Tony Collette just being worried about things. She's very worried. 
Yeah, it's a very enjoyable movie. So highly suggest all three for your holiday viewing. So um, Merry Christmas to you guys, if that's your thing. If not, um, I hope you have a great holiday season. And we hope you enjoy the last of 2017. And we'll talk to you guys in 2018 when we talk about... Another horror movie. We'll tweet it. We haven't figured that out. TBD. It's been a long holiday season, guys. It has, but we've had a wonderful time talking to you guys this year. Thank you to everyone who's listening. It has been a lot of fun, and uh, we look forward to keeping it going. So be safe, celebrate well. I love you, and I'll talk to you later. Mwah!